0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Money, money, money. money. Quickly to Wall. Wall
2: measures. Deal gets open for three.
1: Dagger.
2: Murder uh, can't find oh, anybody. He gives it to Wall. Murda gets Bradley for three.
0: Welcome to the Lockdown Wizard Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joining me today on the other line uh, is a co founder of Group District. Uh, he's a wizard blogging OG. He's a rap aficionado. He's also woke to all the BS of uh, society. My guy, Abdul Sharif. How you doing today, Abdul?
2: <laughs> What's up, my man? Hey, man, that was a hell of an introduction, man. Happening, we're live, bro. <laughs> oh man, no, now, I'm speaking I'm
0: speaking all the truth right now because you already know how we get down, man. <laughs> like yeah, man. I see you on Twitter, like you you when when anything pops up, you're like real quick to be like, nah, hold up, man, like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like I, I, yeah. I vibe with that uh, people who are like just ready to call out all the BS that society wants to throw at us.
2: Yo, man. I, I, I wake up every morning and I promise myself that I'm going to behave on Twitter, that I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't hurt people's feelings, but like you said, the clapback is quick. And I try to exactly. go with some of them.
0: I try to go yeah. I promise. I promise. But, uh, yeah, man. Hey, man. Hey, but you know, I see you moving and, and I honestly, I I respect you as a person because I happen to know you in real life, you know, not right. just on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, no, man, I, I got a lot of respect for everything that you're building over there in Hoop District. I you know, so I, I, t- I told you uh, uh, off air, you guys uh hiring more people than the Monumental Basketball at this point. <laughs> hey,
2: man, it's a revolving door. Exactly, exactly. Hoop District. But you guys, Hoop you know, District, you know Hoop you Hoop headed Hoop up by my guy, my
0: Hoop. guy, Neil, Neil DeLaw, is down there. He's making it that happen. Shout son. out to the high-tech kids. Neil, Neil
2: DeLaw is my son. Shout out to my son, Neil DeLaw. Hey.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm just hey. kidding I know. I know he, he's going to listen to this, and he's just going to SMH. Uh, I'll do it. That's all he's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> right, man. Yeah, man. But I'm glad. I'm glad that you took the time out of uh, of your busy day. You know, we were recording a little late, so you can take care of all the family business, where we we can sit there and and talk about some uh, late summer wizard basketball as the team is. You know, they, they they're back from their mini camp in Los Angeles and. You know, they're working out in the facility and training yep. camp is going to start at the end of the month. Media day is going to be at the end mm-hmm. of the month. So, you know, the season is is directly upon us. I, I know that you're excited to be going into the season.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, it's going to be kind of like – it's almost going to be like an AAU tournament with all the young guys. I mean, I mean we got, what, a, a half a dozen rookies and a lot of first-year players and a couple – I mean, a couple of second-year players. So it's going to be fun to watch these young kids develop working the game, um, uh, playing together at the new facility, of course, We we've got to travel two hours to Richmond anymore. So that's a plus. Um, definitely excited. Uh, October can't come quick enough, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, October is really right around the corner. And when you talk about, you know, the, the young Wizards that we're going to look forward to uh, watching this season, the, the, the most promising and, uh, I would say, the uh, the most polarizing of those young Wizards is uh, Rui Hashimura, who is uh, the team's uh, number one draft pick, first-round draft pick from this year. was drafted ninth overall. And I just wanted to kind of get your uh, impression. We're going to go over, you know, a, a little bit everything about Rui, uh, FIBA Rui. But I wanted to get your uh, impressions of, you know, what were your initial thoughts when the team drafted Rui? And also, what would you think the, the fan base's uh, reaction, what, what, what did you think about the fan base's reaction to the drafting of Rui?
2: Uh so my my initial reaction um I would say it would be kind of indifferent. Um I I kinda chuckled to myself because I knew that Rui was literally on no one's radar to be drafted. Every projection that you read, every prediction that you read uh for the Wizards, um you know, people were expecting to see Little or uh Cam Reddish uh Bulbo was on some some people's radars. he was on mine for a long time um but really not so much and So when the wizards picked him um I kind of you know just watched the highlight reel and you know saw that he had talent that was in, in, in a skill set that could be uh easily developed um if the work was put in um but other than that, as far as the wizards fans um uh reaction uh listen, this franchise is destined for fan of disapproval and criticism uh skepticism cynicism all the isms um and so you know understandably the fans were kind of shocked upset uh they thought it was another typical wizards botch pick. um every 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 gun you could jump um <laughs> they put, they put it out there and uh like i said it it wasn't really uh a a good time for the wizards organization uh from a front office level um, although they had just fired Ernie, you know, there was no clear, uh, idea of who was going to be running the show, even going up to the days of the draft. I mean, um, no one was really officially appointed as a GM or interim GM. It was kind of like, it's time to shut the running it. Is he not? I mean, we need to who he was. Um, so with all that said, all that factoring in to going into draft night and then the Wizards, you know, kicking Rui eventually. Um, I think fans were just kind of uh, dumbfounded by him and just really don't know how to react.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, I think the the fans, I think the initial reaction. I mean, there were people who were saying, you know, man, get Tommy out of here. You know, yeah. who is this really guy? Really can't shoot threes. Why did we take this guy? You know, there was right. a lot of that. Of uh, you know, from uh, from the initial draft reaction. But I can honestly say, though, know, uh, having, after having fans gotten a chance to watch Rui play in Summer League, and then even more so uh, what he's done in, like, the FIBA exhibition matches right. and in the actual FIBA tournament games, you know, I think the fans are, you know, starting to, you know, kind of turn the corner here with, with their perception of, really, you know, I, I think you, you, you talked about, you know, all the, the cynicism and skepticism that, you know, Wizards fans have, and, you know, that is nothing but hashtag so Wizards, and, and, which is a, a real thing. Shout out Kyle Wieda for coming up at yeah. this sure. <laughs> uh But I think that, I mean, something that you said is also real. I mean, you know, as soon as the Wizards fans start turning the corner, I mean, they get the largest James that I had, and now – you know, people are saying, "Oh, Riddle's well, going to be the next guy." Like he's he's he's, it. he's up next. And although right. I don't know if he's going to be up next, I feel like his overall the outcome of the production for his career yes. will probably be somewhere somewhere in the middle of that. He's probably not nearly as bad as people thought that he was on draft night. He's probably not as good as you know uh, people are kind of hyping him up to be right. based off of his fever pay. But, you know, I I think that there is a a, a good sense of uh, optimism and hope and uh, and what Rui can do. What what do you expect uh, uh, Rui to do? Have you got a chance to see any of the the feedback? I know know you guys the district are putting up a lot of concerts. Have you got a chance to watch them?
2: I've definitely um, watched Rui um, over the the tournament. Um, And I'll tell you what, man, listen, I – i'm I'm a big eye test guy like I, I love watching players young players, and kind of you know getting an idea for myself just how talented they can become, what skills they can develop, and how easily they can be developed, and how raw they are how ready they are and so right. watching Rui i mean you see you you see and another thing is that if if I see a player do it once on the floor, I know he can do it again as long as he works on it and he stays consistent with it so when i see right. Rui when I see Rui rolling off a pick really nice to the rim. When I see him going strong under the basket, when I see him drawing fouls, when I see him doing, I mean, he can do a number of things um, close to the basket. You know, he's got a great short to mid range jumper. Um, he even, even, even as as close to the rim as he might be, sometimes he likes to shoot off the dribble. He likes to create for himself for a big man. That's impressive. Um, so I see these things that he can do already. And to me, it gives me the optimism that if he has the right people around him, if he's de- being developed right, if he's being developed um, consistently, and he's working on his game and putting in the work, that he can, he he can only go up from here. He can only build on those skills, and that's what
0: gives me optimism. That's what makes me excited for him. Yeah, I man, the, the optimism is definitely growing within me. And I start—I was a person who started out, and I was actually kind of high on really. Uh, yeah I, I got a chance to watch a little bit of college basketball last year, and Gonzaga was one of the top teams. And, you know, okay. their, uh, their non-conference schedule, they played North Carolina, they played Duke, you know, they played all of these teams last right. year. And, they, you yeah. know, they actually yeah. split those games. They gave Duke their first loss last year, and, you know, really, you know, he was putting in work. And, you know, right. the thing that I like about him is the fact that, like you said, the i test, you know, the, the, this might be one of those classic cases of i test versus analytics. Because, right. you know, there are a lot of analytics people out there uh, who, you know, are very down on him. A lot of the, you know, main draft analyst guys, even our own Wizards uh, uh, analytics guru, uh, Kevin Broom, was kind of like, I don't know, yeah. you know, when he looked yeah. at the numbers. But it's like when you watch the eye test, you know, certain things that he does on the court yeah. where you say, man, that was just an NBA play. Like the, like the play, they played turkey the other day, and he had a steal in transition Took the ball, looked at the court, dunked on uh, Ersan Ilyasova's head. I'm like, yeah, that's right.
2: like that's an NBA player. What he did, right? So I mean, he yeah, has, there,
0: he, he, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but so
2: did hard. you really say? Did you really say there was analytical folks judging draft picks? Yeah, because that, that, to, I, I, me, I, I, to me, that's to me, to me, here, here's the thing. I don't want, to, I don't want to hate on analytics. I, I honestly, I think they're fun. I think they're fun to look at to to kind of follow. Um, but for a college player to be, you know, to kind of be uh, judged based off of his, off of, you know, metrics that he's still developing, um, it's kind of unfair to me. I think. Um, I think if there's any time you look at the eye test, or you or you rely on the eye test, it's when you're kind of um, assessing a college basketball player to kind of see, you know, where he's good out on the floor, where where his comfort zones are, you know, what where. And, and what, what, as a scout, as a coach, what you could do better to 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 get them um, to kind of you know get away from the weaknesses and, and build more strength. And a lot of that is done by kind of seeing their mannerisms on the floor. You know, um, how fast are they in transition? Um, how, how you know you know their pace on the floor. All those kind of things I think kind of factor in when you kind of, when you're looking at a basketball player coming out of college and, and, and wanting to draft them in the NBA. And um so I just had to throw that out there. I don't think analytics is good for uh, for for college basketball analysis.
0: No, I'm right there with you because I mean the way I look at analytics, and I'm a person who actually does believe in analytics, and you know I, I believe this is what I believe about analytics. I believe that analytics is a piece of the puzzle, and so yeah. if any smart organization, you know, in, in business or in, in anything, when you make a decision you want to have all of the information. That's how you make the best Absolutely. possible decision. Yeah. So yeah. analytics is nothing but information that you, are used, that you can use to make a decision. Now, the thing is, it's just a piece of the puzzle. Though. It's not the end-all, be-all. You can't right. look at a number chart and say, oh, this is where the analytics say, <laughs> and this is right. what we have to do. Because, you know, I mean, that, that, that totally negates the fact of, of human interaction and, and will and... You know all yeah. just all these he's other like human right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but one of the things that I, I like about really, or but one of the things I like about really in college is uh, the fact that he was good at a lot of things. He was highly proficient at a lot of different things. So when you talk about you know his low post game and you know how he's able to work yeah. on the block and how right, he's right, able right. to cu- curl off the of screens and get to his mid range shot, right? right? You know that that that's a, that's those are valuable skills. That are needed in the NBA. And, and I was just watching this video uh not too long ago of Eric Spolster basically talking about how, you know, uh trying to default the, the, the myth that, that mid range is dead. And basically what Eric Spolster was saying in that video was that okay, if teams are trying to stop uh teams from getting layups and three pointers, he said, like, Well what are they leaving open? Because you know, when you're playing basketball, you can't stop everything. It's physically impossible. Right. So if you if teams are designing their defenses to stop teams from getting layups and three-pointers, then they're obviously giving up the mid-range. So if you have a guy who's a deadly mid-range shooter, then if you run play I mean, he's going to be able to, to kind of eat off of that next year in a sense where, like, and, and that's one of the things where I think where his fever game will translate to uh, NBA basketball, when you talk about just a guy coming off the screen, using his physical tools, Getting to his shot, putting his shot up, and having a good confidence that you know at about a sixty percent clip that shot going in from that from that elbow el- elbow thigh line extended shot.
2: Exactly. Yep. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I think I think those are those are all things that he already has, you know, qualities that he already attains. And again, those are things that you kind of look at and see, and know you can build off of. And I think it's going to be great for his future. I hope he develops well in in DC um i think with, the, with with a lot of guys his age or close to his age around him they can all kind of develop together work together motivate each other so that's why i'm excited for training camp i can't wait to see all this kind of unfold uh over the coach over the course of the the few weeks that we will be there
0: yeah yeah so i, I can't wait to see really get uh, around the team really still in china right now uh uh the yep. japan team is uh they've already been eliminated from uh from uh, uh to the uh, after the pool play so his game against the U.S. will be his last game, and then he'll be able to come back. Uh, hey, I guess he'll probably get on the charter flight with Tommy Shepherd because he's actually over there right now. Uh, you know, he's been over there for, for about two weeks now, uh, enjoying time uh, in Japan and, and uh, China, just hanging out with Rui and getting to know him. And so, I mean, I think this is kind of big for what the Wizards are doing because they're really, you know, kind of playing up. You see on their social media team. And the concept that they're putting now, they're really playing up to uh, the fact that it really is is, is the first uh, Japanese-born NBA player. And, you know, I think that that's a a big thing for the Wizards and what they're trying to do. Because, you know, we go through games and we cover the games and and we see that, you know, there's not a lot of attention drawn on the Wizards games. You know, there's not a lot of media there. Covering the team, there's not, you know, there's just, it, 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 this is, this isn't, you know, uh, uh, Madison Square Garden or the, or the Lakers where you got, you know, Brian white horses running around all day. It's, not, it's yeah. really not that. It, but, it, it becomes, it becomes Madison Square Garden 2.0 when
2: the Knicks fans come to town. That's that's what exactly, it, that's when, exactly. That's when it comes.
0: <laughs> hey man, the Knicks fans. Oh, I'm gonna tell you who's really been stepping up these last couple of years though, man. The, uh, the Philly fans. They be busting down. Uh, trust the process in the arena. I remember they had this one promo where they bust like 100 fans into the arena. I they remember that. A, they, chanting, they called it the bust the process. process. I was like, yo, that's kind of fire. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but really, really, you know, they, uh, when you look at what the Wizards uh, social media team has done and, and kind of yes. what they've been creating with their summer content, what do you think really fits in from a marketing standpoint for the team next year?
2: I, th- I think I think it's the biggest splash that the that the Wizards made with this pick was was you know we talked about you know his 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 attributes on the floor his skill set um, what he does on the floor but from a marketing aspect I mean this is almost genius and I think I think you and I spoke about this before I think Tommy Shepherd had the full intent of making that decision um, mostly based on the marketing ploy that Rui brings um, I mean look at it man I mean you got you you got the silhouette of the DC monument in red, white, and blue with the Wizards logo scattered all over Tokyo right now. We could barely see that in PG County. You want to see that in Tokyo now?
0: Yeah. We're worldwide
2: hey. now. We're, we're, we're worldwide now, so Talk we're about worldwide it. now right? <laughs> it's the international out here out here sipping my ties with, with Rui in China. Come on. Hey, my, that's, real. <laughs> that's real. That's real. Hey, is, we are bringing all facts right if now. I saw, if I saw Tommy Shepard and Rui at the bar in
0: China,
2: uh, randomly, you walking? Are you sitting there? You gonna you gonna buy him a drink, right?
0: Of course, of course, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what time it is, man. Luckily, hey, it's actually 21, so he can actually have a drink. Maybe we have that's some uh, some uh, some nice uh, some support, uh That's a Japanese beer. Maybe get some Japanese whiskey, man. I get down, man. <laughs> I
2: think I think I think Tommy Shepard. Oh, I'm not even gonna get into it right now. Anyways, listen. Uh, from a, from a it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into Tommy Shepard's favorite alcohol.
0: <laughs> that, hey, I'm sure. Hey, hey, Tom has been around and you've been around, so Hey, you he might is have some information on that. Is, is he a bourbon guy? Is he a bourbon guy? <laughs> he, I think he might be, man. <laughs> hey, I, know, I know he listens to Nipsey Hustle, so email, oh, oh, all yeah. things are on the table.
2: <laughs> oh no, but listen, on a serious note, yeah, the, the marketing ploy that 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 Rui is for the team, it's gonna, it's it, it's already it's already been remarkable. I mean, we've already seen it from 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 the jump. um the Japanese media that has made it made their way out here following Rui um, through Summer League, uh, through draft night, uh, and it's only going to continue. We're going to see them at media day. We're going to see them at training camp. We're going to see them during games um, and, and the fan attraction. You know, the, the Japanese people love basketball. We know they do. Um, and, you know, we, we were talking about that article from earlier today, just how uh, Rui – um, the Brian Windhorst article about uh, Rui's influence on Japanese basketball, how it died out after Michael Jordan's retirement, and kind of that whole luster, that whole uh, you know, that whole uh, affection for basketball kind of died out throughout the country. And 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 he called Rui a generational player for the country. That's big time.
0: And that carries weight.
2: That carries a lot of, weight. A lot of weight. And it, it, it you know those intangibles that you talk about, uh, Troy. I, I love intangibles. And we're gonna talk about IT later on, but intangibles and, and, and Rui having to carry that weight or that country on his back, you know, they're they rooting for him, they're counting on him, they want him to be the face of the country from a basketball perspective. Um and and Rui's got that on his he's got that on his conscience. He's gonna have that on his conscience every night. And, and and that that we can only hope that makes him even an even better player. Um but, you know, like I said, the marketability of it we can fill up the crowd with our own with our, with our own fans, and we have been able to for years. And and to have that kind of um, a man of that stature, you know, from his own country, to come here and bring that passion back to to the city, I think Tommy Shepherd knew exactly what he was doing, and I think it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Japanese population right now, according to the last is they got 120 million people over there. You know, yeah. you know, it's nothing to pick up 100 million extra fans. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like
2: and, it's like picking up 100 million followers all of a sudden. Exactly, exactly. I mean, so, yeah. but we,
0: we, hey, we, 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 you talk about uh, you know the Wizards and their social media team, you know, I can I can know for a fact that the the Wizards tweet announcing that Rui Hashimura was uh, their draft pick was the most uh, tweeted tweet in uh, Wizards' uh, Twitter history. So, yeah. you know, like we talk about from, like from uh, analytics, from a metric right. standpoint, right. you know, the numbers speak for itself as far right. as, Absolutely. you know, the yeah. type of interest that he'll drive in international markets. So yeah. but, uh, you, you you already kind of uh, led the way to what we're going to talk about in our next segment. We're going to talk about uh, the, the veteran guy who's going to come in and be the most polarizing player on, uh, <laughs> on the Wizards team next year. But first, I want to uh, let you guys know about Mac Weldon. The opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. MAC Weldon is a premium, men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you wear right now. Promo code On gets you 20% at MackWeldon.com. That's promo code On at MackWeldon.com. All right, so, you know, when we talk about uh, Rudy Hashimura, you know, he's definitely, I think, the most polarizing young player and will definitely have his imprint on how good or bad the team will be next year. And I think the team, and I think that he's definitely the most polarizing young player. And uh, conversely, I think that the most polarizing veteran addition uh, to the Wizards team for next year will be uh, Isaiah Thomas. What, what did you think about the addition of Isaiah Thomas and uh, you know him coming into the team. Uh, he was two weeks into free agency after the signing of Ish Smith. So, you know that I thought that was very uh, interesting. But so what, what do you think about uh, the signing of I.T. and uh, him being a reclamation project for the team, and what he could possibly bring to the Wizards for this season? Uh,
2: so, my initial reaction of the I.T. signing was, I knew it. Uh, my second reaction to the IT signing was tweeting you and saying, I told you so. <laughs> we had thought yeah. about I, I, when the speculation began for, for IT making a comeback and, and and him, you know, being ready to be signed to a team, uh, myself and a few others kind of hinted at the uh, notion that the Wizards could possibly sign him, given that, you know, their death chart at that position was literally empty, except for Justin Robinson. Um and, and 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 I knew that with John Wall being out with the young team um that a presence like IT um would be a good fit. Um I Man, I'm right that- I hey, I was definitely <laughs> one of the guys
0: they said that I didn't think that yeah. it was gonna happen. So I I that I, was I, I knew
2: where you, I knew where you were coming from and, and I respected that. I knew where you were coming from. You, you specifically said because he doesn't move the needle, he doesn't make the team he doesn't push the team forward. And I get that. I get that I get that uh that perspective, but I think that there are certain roster spots that you can fill that will fill that other need too that we talked about, that keyword, the intangibles. Because when you have a team that is is so young, uh, so many new heads. Um, literally, if you don't have IT on the team right now, right? I'm looking at the roster right now on, on my screen. You know, if you don't have IT right now, your next veteran that you're looking to, up to besides Bradley Beal, right? He's your superstar, right? And right. he's a great he's a great leader, absolutely great leader. But after him, like, you've got Jan Mahimi as the next, you know, most uh, – uh,
0: Better we, right. yeah. so you
2: need so you need and you have c j miles too, and that's fine that's that's all good, but you need some more of that you need and and who better than a guy who uh played for a championship caliber team, an eastern conference uh basketball team uh uh finals basketball team, and one that we know very well that can be an assassin, a stone cold killer, a stone cold wizards killer at that right. Yeah, I mean, he I and Yeah, And that, that's what you mean by being a polarized uh, a, a polarized uh player on the team. Um at least one one reason why he's polarized is because we all remember those bad memories that he gave us with the Boston Celtics. But what does that mean? That means that he's a great player, that he was once a great player. And so it, it is a reclamation project for him for the, for the team. Um and I think that's also a, a good thing for the Wizards and for IT as well. Uh, where he can kind of develop kinda of help these young boys develop. Um I, I it was kind of weird that he was I don't know, weird or, or just kinda of surprising that he was um he was signed after the Ish Smith signing. I think they're just trying to fill the roster the the, the that, that, that that position up. Like I said, we had next to nothing at that position before those two. So you got a little bit of depth there while John Wall is out. Um and I think that you've got two veterans now, Ish Smith and IT, um who can kinda of go back and forth obviously I, too, we're going to be on a need-to-know basis with him. He hasn't played, you know, any semblance of a full season since, what, 2016, 2017, 2015? 2017, 2016, 2017, yeah. So, yeah. it's been about four, four, three, three full seasons that he hasn't played uh, more than, you know, 30 games. Um, so, he's obviously, uh, you know, got his back against the, against the ropes trying to make his own personal comeback. He's got, he's got his own personal agenda, obviously um to try trying, trying to get his groove back in the NBA, trying to keep a job. Um but at the to same time I think like I said before, his presence, just him being around, him directing some of these young guys, kinda of just, you know, just sometimes you just kind of, you these young guys kind of automatically feed off of this kind of this aura that, that guys that they watched, you know, when they were in high school, when they were in college, you know, look at now they're playing with them, you know. So I think the idea is Thomas had a little bit of clout, enough clout to kind of kind of help his team move forward um from a veteran leadership standpoint. And, you know, him and uh, you know, John Wall's gonna be around the team too. So you got two, you know, you know, so to speak elite point guards that one point in their career is elite, you know what I mean? Um uh kind of, you know, overlooking uh this young this young cast of, of players and, and again it's just exciting to kind of see how it unfolds, how it all how it's all gonna work out. Um so I, I think it's a I think it's a good a good pickup. I think it's one that's going to help the season be a little bit more – keep keep us a little bit more sane throughout the season um, as we watch all these young kids, you know, get a
0: lot of playing time. So we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it will definitely be entertaining. Uh, that, that's one that's one adjective that I could definitely use. But, I mean, I can honestly say as somebody who was uh, skeptical of the team uh, signing IT before the season well, – before, uh, you know, free agency even really began, I think that what he can bring to the team – is, is, is like, it's twofold. It's, it's both what you said. It's the, the veteran leadership, which is something that I think this team desperately needs as a team that, you know, has made it, uh, uh an agenda to, uh, you know, attend to, team culture and attack right. the, uh, the team culture, right. uh, when, when they let go of Ernie Grunfeld when they headed into the offseason. You know, that was one of the key words that they kept using, you know, like, you know, trying to get the team culture right. And so you know you're right. bringing in a guy, I.T., and you know he exudes just positivity just all around. I mean, we're talking about a guy who you know uh, wakes up every morning and tweets out uh, Nicki Hustle uh, Marathon lyrics, and it's like you know, like I mean, when it comes to you know staying on course, finishing the race, like you right. know he bring he's going to bring that type of energy
2: exactly. to the Wizards exactly. next season exactly. And you know yeah. what uh, it, it, the, the 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 Wizards have always needed this kind of presence. Um, the yeah. if you if you look back at it, you know historically, just going back, you know, six seven years past, they've when they when they've been, you know, at at, at a high level, uh, morally not, not 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 just on the floor, but just at a high level morally, it's been when they've had this kind of leadership. Even when it was Emeka Okafor kind of keeping John Wall in check at at one point, Nene, Al Harrington, um, Paul Pierce, of course, uh, Drew Gooden, all these guys are high morale players that kind of lift the team up, um, lift the young guys up, particularly the guys that don't have a sense of direction um, on their own, guys that haven't matured enough, um, having that kind of leadership to kind of just kind of move them along. Uh, it, it speaks balance. Uh, You know, it, it's those things that, you know, you're not going to see on paper, but at some point it may reflect on the court when they when they need that comeback win, come from behind win, or when they go in a little three-game winning streak, you know, because – or when they win that, that big road game you know that's the kind of thing that this kind of leadership will fuel um and boost morale up um make those guys feel good about the culture like you said culture is huge um they can they can they can they can have a foundation for their culture through this leadership that Isaiah Thomas brings on and um and that that's about that. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, but and,
0: you know but you know what? I'm 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 gonna pick up right where you left off there, and I think that he's gonna bring some good things, uh yeah. to you know, boost the team's morale. And uh but this, this goes to one of my favorite Jay Z lines of all time. More victories reasons for minor league coaches. And so what, what, what that basically means is, you know, morale is good and having, you know, the, the moral victory is good and having boosting the team's confidence is good. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, what can he tangibly do on the court? And, you know, back I'm, back. Actually, I'm actually beginning to think that he's going to be able to contribute on the court too. When you look at you, the fact that, you know, he's had, you know, hip surgeries for the last, you know, two summers, so, basically, he's coming into this last, you know, few seasons where he's not even able to train. Say so this is the first right. year where he's actually coming to the offseason and he's been able to train and, you know, get his body right. And, you know, he says he's, he's got his weight down. And, you know, I, I, I talked to a few people, uh, a few team employees who were at the team's minicamp uh, two weeks ago in Los Angeles, and, you know, they told me that Isaiah Thomas looks amazing. So, you yeah. know, like when we talk about what he can bring to the team uh, from a morale standpoint, that's great. But, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what Isaiah Thomas can do on the basketball court. And I think uh, one of the biggest things that we have to look at is the fact that, you know, he has the opportunity in front of him. You know, whereas last year in Denver, I think that by the time that he got healthy, you know, you're dealing with a team who almost won 60 games. You know, they, they they don't have time to, you know, be trying to integrate Isaiah Thomas into, you know, their offensive scheme and what it is right. they're doing. But, you know, as far as the Wizards go, you know, the Wizards are projected to win 27 games this year. So, you know, if, when it comes to minutes and playing time, you right. know, he's going to have this opportunity. Now, however this story ends is going to be totally dependent upon Isaiah Thomas. Because yeah. you know, you know, I, I mean, Ish Smith is a good player, but Ish Smith is, you know, he's a twenty-five minute a game player. You know, that leaves a lot of minutes right. for Isaiah Thomas to, you know, kind right. of get on the court and, and, and show what he can do. So, uh, I, I mean, how, how do you feel that you know he's going to be able to fit in? Do you, do who do you think will start, Ish Smith or Isaiah Thomas coming into this season, and who do you think is going to have more of an impact throughout the season? So, um.
2: There's a lot of layers to this question, um, to the point of situation overall, and I think you touched up on a lot of it um, uh, as far as how he's going to – how I think he's going to be on the floor. Who's going to start? I'm kind of torn on that. I think if Isaiah Thomas is 100%, if he's like 100% and he's getting in his reps in in training camp and in practice and he's getting acclimated with the first team, um, I think he should start. I think if if the coaches feel like he is at that level where he is 100% healthy, and he is comfortable playing with the offense, with the first-team offense, then he should start. Um, I think if he falls short of any of those two, um, uh, I think there's a higher chance that Smith starts. Um, I want to talk about Isaiah Thomas, and one thing about him on the floor is I'm excited to see it, but I'm also nervous to see it because we're talking about a a, a small guy who we already know one of the biggest qualms you had about him, with that he's one of the biggest liabilities on defense. And I mean, statistically and, the worst yeah, defender over yeah, the last and, five yeah, years and, in the NBA. And, 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 <laughs> and, and one of those, what, what, partly, what, partly um, the reason for that is his, his inability to really play well around screens. And with a hip injury, with two hip surgeries, I don't know where he's going to be mentally in terms of that being on his conscience, those hip injuries, because when he's fighting through those screens, he better go under every screen and I don't, I don't know, and, and hope the guy misses the jumper
0: because if he got to go through a I, screen, he gonna, he gonna, he, he puts himself out there trying to
2: get hurt. Yeah, you go through a screen and, and and you get that one little hip check, and it kind of knocks you off balance, and you start you tweak something. You know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it. I hate to see it, but it's one thing that's on my mind is, is saying how much has these injuries impacted him mentally on the floor. Um, uh, knowing, knowing Isaiah Thomas and knowing, uh, you know, uh, his work ethic and his mental state generally as it pertains to you know the game of basketball, he's going to be tough. He's going to go out there. He's going to give it one hundred and ten percent. I don't doubt that one bit. Uh, I'm just kind of nervous for him, um, kind of seeing him out there, um, and, and just seeing exactly how, you know, just how 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 well or how badly he's going to produce on the defense, on the defensive side. You know. Um, fighting through those screens, being able to kind of you know drop back or, or or on switches when he when he gets smashed up against a bigger defender, those kind of things kind of um you know kind of worry me a little bit. Um, offensively, like I said, he he he's a pacemaker. He can he he's going to be able to kind of you know move the offense up and down the floor, um, at, at a smart pace, um, and, and 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 that'll be big. So I kind of see it. I kind of. See them staggering the two point guards. I don't know how Scott Brooks is going to do it, um, but with 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 them being so thin, I don't think we'll ever see them on the floor at the same time. But uh, we'll probably see Isaiah Thomas with the second team a little bit, Ish Smith with the first team, vice versa. Um, it's just it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how Scott Brooks decides to rotate the two point guards.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'd say one thing that uh, Isaiah Thomas has in his favor is that. uh, Scott Brooks loves the 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 five nine small point guards because he sees he sees himself Isaiah Thomas for sure. So I can I if hey I'll tell you this if Isaiah Thomas don't play this season it ain't because it ain't gonna be Scott Brooks right who who's the trigger. He I trust me I love Scott Brooks right he he wants Isaiah Thomas to come out here and kill this shit right he's gonna do everything within his power. To have that be the, the the little guy narrative, Scott Brooks is all about that. So, and, that, you know, and that, I, that's I, another
2: good point. You know that that whole that whole
0: point guard coach relationship.
2: You know, I'm glad Isaiah Thomas is having a good one with Scott Brooks. I think it's going to pay dividends if uh, if, if it continues to kind of work out that way.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to what Isaiah can do, and you know, like I I, I can already attest. I think that that he and Scott Brooks have already gotten off. On a on a very good note, and right. you know, I think that you know, like I said, from from everything that I've been hearing from, you know, from from what he did out there at the mini camp, and, and you know, the team is uh, working out at the uh, practice facility even right now,
2: and right. everybody
0: says the same the same thing that Isaiah Thomas looks good, uh, you know, everybody's saying it, so you know, I, this is making me uh, more of a believer, uh, even though I started out a, as a skeptic. But uh, you know, I, I think that I am excited about what Isaiah Thomas can bring. Uh you know, I think that it it, it would definitely be the, the complete opposite of hashtag so Wizards to have, you know, a a, a reclamation project on the team. And, you know, he to go along with uh Rudy, the guy we were talking about earlier, you know, if Isaiah Thomas gets going, he definitely will put butts in the seats too. So I know I know I know uh Ted Leontis will definitely like that. Yeah, for sure. I agree. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, We've we gotten all of our business talk out of the way. Um, I'm gonna uh, we, we, on, the, on the other side of this break. We're gonna talk about uh, a little bit of hip hop. We're gonna delve into our top five rappers of all time. Um, oh, I wanna have a sense of where you're going with this, just just more than how much you love me York rappers. But uh, I, I, I don't want you to get mad at me uh, once I reveal my top five and, and, and have it ruin our friendship. <laughs>
2: Oh
0: man, alright, let's see how it goes. Alright, man, but first let me tell you about DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck at the office, open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be delivered to you, wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter promo code LOCKEDON. ON. All right, now, I'm doing that. This is, I feel like this is – if you start for i I'm going to put a time to on the podcast. And you know what? This is the most to talk. You better listen to this part of the podcast. Abdul and I are going to break down our top five rappers of all time. We're going to keep okay. the five because we want to keep the list short. But I remember a, a few weeks back on Twitter, there was, there was this uh, this list of the, the best rappers uh, alive – or not alive, but the best rappers of all time going around. It was a good list. And, it was a good list. Yeah, I'm sure it was a good list. I put said like, I you know, whoever made this list is either on records Island right now or just got off records Island. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean that list, I mean, come on, Joe Biden, top okay. three, Styles P like I know mean Styles P top ten, though, come on, man. That's we we, we gotta we gotta be like, stack bundles in front of real world like it was, That was just like the New York bias was just weakened. From that uh, from, from from that list, but you know what, man? But let, you know what? Let, let's go back and forth. Let's start from five going up to one, and we'll both go in, in, in each other. I'll, I'll let you go first. This the guest. Okay. All so right. who's your number five rapper of all time. All right,
2: I'm
0: gonna say Rockem. Rockem. Okay. Okay. RB Rockem. I like it, man. <laughs> What's yours? Wait,
2: wait, uh, am, I, wait number, am I going
0: 5-1? No, 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 I'm going to go 5-2. So my number okay, 5 okay. rapper of all time is uh, way Michael Carter, a.k.a. Little Wayne. That's my okay. number 5 rapper of okay. all time, man. Okay,
2: so my number 4 is
0: Jay-Z. Ooh, ooh, no, I was not expecting that, ooh. Man, there's Jay Z coming in at four? We gonna have to we gonna have to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cause Jay Z, he's
2: he on that Now, now, listen, listen, listen listeners, Froy, mind you, I turned thirty eight in a month. Okay, so right, so, so these names, the, my number one and two, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it away, but it's very cliche, but. But my, mind you, my age and the influences these rappers have at the particular points of their careers. So go ahead, right. go
0: ahead, go ahead. Go right, ahead. right. So yeah, no, So when, when you talk about Jay Z, I'm just trying to figure out how Jay Z can't at least be in the top three because I mean, when because, you look at, because, I know, are you letting, right. are you letting your ahead. NFL bias come in?
2: So <laughs> what bias? Are you letting your NFL bias come in? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, my top five. My top five has been consistent for years. I mean, right. you know, since, since since I can remember. Uh, since, you know, so so it's never changed. Um, I've I've always tinkered with Eminem being in my top five. Um, cause I look at I look at rappers from a very strict lyrical, poetic, artistic form I think uh, uh, perspective. Right, hey, if, if my list would have gone to six, Eminem would
0: have made it. I was thinking about yeah. that before. <laughs> he <was talking> about.
2: <laughs> and, here, and here's another thing: I'm only ranking them because you honestly told me to. Um, generally, these will be my top five. I don't, I don't, I don't really like ranking my top five. I don't like. I think it's a disservice to the rappers to to say one is better than the other. My top five, my five guys. It's it's hard to say one is better than the other because they're they're perfect at the way they rap.
0: Right, 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 right. So it's, 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 so it's pretty exactly much based right. on the, the the consumer and what it is that you're looking exactly. for. Yeah. So yes. and it's, right. it's, not, it's not about record
2: sales. It's not about music videos. It's not about money. It's about how do you perform? How do you deliver the best way you can deliver? And my top five delivers the best way they can deliver.
0: And I feel that. And Jay Z, for me, I mean, I think that he's, yeah. he's probably one of the most technical rappers because he has so many rapping styles. Like, I mean, I you we talk about the early Jay Z, like, off the influence of the jazz, oh, the fast rapper style, Hawaiian Sophie. You yep. know what I'm saying? Reasonable well, doubt. Good. And then until so you get into, like, the older Jay-Z where, you know, he's really able to slow it down and really explain and tell all of his stories, yeah. you know, and then Jay-Z over bounce beats, Jay-Z yeah. over, you know, I mean, hey, hey, hey I, I, I feel like, when, I'm, giving, I'm giving my hand as to what my list is going to end up. But, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> hey,
2: I'm going to go to my,
0: my number four is Andre 3000. The South got something to say.
2: Good. I, I respect that Outcast, Andre, Andre, two thousand. I mean, he's been, he's on he's on a lot of people's top five.
0: And, yeah, man. I mean, and he I again.
2: That. When, you, when yeah. you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna let you expand, but I just wanted to make the point when when I'm talking about when you deliver, in, in your best form. I mean, who else can deliver like Andre, two thousand? Right? Who else can who else can come out with the wordplay? You know, just just the playfulness that he raps with. Um, it goes hard, you know what I mean? It's like, dang, yo, this, this, shit, this shit is fun, but it goes hard, too. And that's what I love about my man. Pete yeah, Allen.
0: man, exactly. Andre, I mean, he has a very distinct style that, that you know, yes. that is clearly his own. And, yeah. you know, when, when you look at, you know, the Outcast discography and, you know, Andre's own, his solo work, and then when you even look at, I mean, I think that what solidified Andre being in my top ten and also <coughs> in my top five was that range from, from what's that about? Like maybe like 2008 until like 2012, where Andre was just doing features. Like oh my right. god! Like he, like I mean, he was doing, he was coming on everybody's song, just completely murdering songs. And like you know, those are some of my favorite Andre 3000 verses. You know, on top of everything he did with Outcast. So you know, I'm a, I'm a big Andre 3000 fan. So you know, I just wanted to just, just want to throw that out there. But go ahead with, with your number three artist. Escobar season. Hey, and Nas. nasty Natsby. That's my guy, man. So nine for me will probably be about like seven. I would have Natsby behind Eminem, but I love Nats, man. And I'm also – I think we've had this conversation on Twitter before. I'm one of the few people who uh, actually thinks that it was written is better than Illmatic. And so when people uh, say that Natsby only – I mean, people say that Nas only has one classic. I scoff no. at that because, I, no, no, you know, no. it, was, it was written as a complete classic. I mean, Stillmatic is almost a classic. I, it's right. not quite a classic, but, I mean, actually, you know what, man? You know, fuck it, man. I mean, no, you we, know, you know, got we, we got Ethan we, we in there, Stillmatic is a classic, too. So he really got three
2: classics. We yeah, really yeah, think exactly, about it. That's exactly what I was going to say. So let, let me tell you something about Illmatic. Illmatic it, it, it's it's not the greatest album because... You know, because of its content, but because of what it represented, what it symbolized, right. what 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 Illmatic symbolized was was the foundation, like 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 the, the 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 resurrection of hip hop in New York, and Illmatic New York had hit a real had hit a brick wall in terms of musically um, in the in the in the late 80s to early 90s, and Nas and Wu Tang. And some of these other artists, producers, especially producers DJ Premier, Q-Tip, all these guys kind of really resurrected the culture and art of hip hop in New York. And Nas, Nas was the walking encapsulation of that, so to speak. Because when Illmatic drops, we're going to talk about the lyrics in a minute, but from a from a production standpoint, I mean, he has six different producers on 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 the album. I mean, like I said, namely Q-Tip um P rock um uh premiere Premier. Uh, Premier. that were on there right a couple of others that were on there that all because Nas was such a hit on the street lyrically he was such a hit on the street before he got signed that when he was getting ready to to to, to start his album um there was like a bidding war between producers of who's going to produce his album when Nas said you know what fuck it all six of y'all coming to my studio and and so they all collabed on the album so it was really uh, uh, you know, like uh, like a symbolic, um, uh, like a landmark in hip hop history for New York. So that's why O'Matic was so huge. And then when you would to talk the lyrics, the storytelling of Nas. And this is why um, going back to my whole thing about you know how how we judge rappers, um, judge about what they do best. Nas and Jay Z, when it comes to the art of storytelling, when it when it comes to painting a picture, especially Jay Z and, and and Reasonable Doubt and Blueprint. Like he was he was re- and, and I'm sorry before Blueprint the um. Um, the
0: uh, volume, volume two, volume one, volume one, volume one, volume volume one. See, I don't know. I don't. Volume one might be my least favorite Jay Z album, man. So, so sunshine. sunshine? Oh my god, what were Jay
2: thinking? (laughs) But so, so storytelling, storytelling wise, that's why that's why Illmatic was such a hit. But when it comes to it was written. I mean, the tracks on that, we talked about it. Remember, we, I think you were tweeting about it on, on online. We were talking about the different tracks, um, affirmative action, uh, shootouts, black girl yeah. laws.
0: Yeah, man, I gave you it power, was. man. That's one like, of my power. favorite lines. Like, like that's, the jam, story, the jam. story, when you talk about storytelling, when oh, loud tells a story, and I'm a gun, and, like, I've been in oh, half, and, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, duh, like, duh, like that. I mean that that when I first heard that that blew my mind. Like let's, you know talk, let's, say, talk, about, about, let's talk
2: about let's talk about rewind on Stillmatic where he tells the story backwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, hey man, that's like you said like some Quentin Tarantino pulp fiction shit. Oh my! You God. know what God. I'm saying? Like, like, hey, but when I, when I first I remember when I first heard New York State of Mind, you know, on the on the CD on the Discman, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that New York State of Mind, like I could picture yeah. myself in in the Queensbridge project. Yeah, that's a, that's a Primo track.
2: And I've seen an interview with Primo's talking about when that, when they first said ding, 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 you know, that beginning of a uh, New York state of yeah. mind. And he was just kind of walking the viewers through the, the, you know, him and Nas listening to his beat for the first time. You get, you get goosebumps just listening to him because you kind of, you kind of, painting that, that image in your... you you kind of living that scene in your head where Nas and, and Premier just kind of, like, listening to his beat and nodding their head, and then the the, beat, the bass kicks in, the beat drop, you know? And it's like, whoa, this is going to be a hit. and yeah. Like, yeah, it'll be it so, Yeah. So,
0: hey,
2: man, what's your number three, bro? All
0: right, my, my number three, this is where it's going to get real controversial. Don't judge me, please. I love it. I love it. Go
2: All ahead. right,
0: my number three, the Vuitton Don... Kanye West. Uh, okay. That's hey. my number three. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, listen. Hey, but I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna explain, I got to explain myself on this, right? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So go like, on, go ahead. You know what I'm i feel like Kanye, when you talk about what Nas did for New York rap, I feel oh. like Kanye did that for backpack rap. And you know what I'm saying? Like I come from... I, 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 he really kind of spoke to me as like a kid coming out of D.C. Like, you know what I'm saying? I never sold packs on the corner. I don't know. I never... You know what I'm saying? That was in my life. Like, you know, I was not a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to college. Yeah. Like, I went I did like uh, so like when Kanye was talking about oh wearing back with where back when they thought pink polos that hurt the rock before Kanye got this shit to pop. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's that that was me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like and being a college kid, like like wearing yeah. polo shirts, like, you know, gaggle batting around D C like you know, that like I, I just related to Kanye. And in a in a different sense. And you know, I mean quiet as it's kept, I think that the guy has, you know, no less than five classic albums. Like yeah. I mean I get into debates every day with people on what 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 was Kanye's best album. And I hear I've heard people say six different albums is Kanye's best album. So
1: no, 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 you no, see, see. like I
0: mean, it, when, when he when he would talk about it, they say oh, well, he's not a lyricist, and, you know, oh, he doesn't, you know what I'm saying, he might not even write all of his lyrics. Right, now, right I know right. For right. The early stuff, he wrote a lot of that stuff. He definitely had, you know, a little help. But I think when it comes to just musicianship and yeah. your impact on culture— like, I think like Kanye West I mean that's that's my that's my guy and I'm a i I'll ride it down. Now, if Kanye starts talking crazy on Twitter, you know, you know saying I'm a, I'm gonna be like that that Russell, Russell Westbrook gift and bleed to the side, eat my chicken, then look at me.
2: <laughs> right.
0: But see, you know what I bro,
2: you know, you say it's controversial and I I can see why it is, but your perspective of it is totally understandable and absolutely respectful. When you say the whole you know, it, when it when it resonates with a certain part of your life with a certain aspect of your life, you know, the whole like you said, backpack rap, right? So I wasn't a backpacker when 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 hip hop when I'm sorry, when, when Kanye when Kanye dropped. So I was a little older. So my Kanye experience was when when Bipset shouted him out on the on the on We Are the Champions and they were like, This is the, exactly. producer on the track. This is the producer on the track. And I'm like, hold on a second, hold on, whoa and then he's sick. And I was like, Holy shit I was like, yo, I said Dipset goes hard. They got the fucking producer on the track. I'm sorry, I'm dropping. We talking about hip hop now. I'm Starting to cuss a lot. Nah, nah, it's good. Don't worry, don't worry, uh, yeah, no way, no way, man. So, so, so we were picking up Dipset. Like, wow, these guys are killing the the game right now, especially the mixtape game. Because Kanye was, was he kind of got off, you know, got, got off the board and hit the mic, and it was like, oh wow. And then through the wire came out. And that was his first fit. and I didn't like Through the Wire that much. I thought it was a good song, like one. Yeah, song but song. that slow,
0: that slow jams though. That slow jams is the one so, the favorite.
2: So from there, from there, Kanye, when he starts to drop the album with the radio hits, um, you know, Jesus Walks comes out, and you know, like Workout Plan, you're like, oh my goodness, like wow,
0: he's actually yeah.
2: killing it on both ends. And so, but like I said, man, when 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 a, when a rapper. When an influence of a rapper kind of really hits you hard, resonates with you, um, I respect that because it, 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 there's a, there's a there's a warranted you know reason for you for you to have that opinion.
0: And
2: I noticed you know your your first three rappers five four and three, none of them are New York based, and all of mine are New York based. Yeah, but hey, that, hey, but that hey,
0: hey, my my New, my New York rappers are coming. Don't worry, my last okay. two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. Last That's full alert. My last two are New York rappers. Go ahead. Okay.
2: Okay, okay. So you said two and one. They're both New York rappers? Okay. My two and one are both New
0: York rappers. Here's your number okay.
2: two. So my, my number two is big. Okay.
0: See, hey, that, That's also it. my number two. So no, let's go
2: ahead. I have a 1A and a 1B, to be honest. Okay. I'm curious. I'm
0: curious to know what your one is now. Oh, you, yeah, know yeah, you what yeah. I, Like I said, and, uh, it's cliche. It's a cliche it, pick. It's a cliche it, pick. You're going to know it. it yeah, you going to uh, oh, man. You let you Because you know you feel about him. Damn, he's going to go. Oh, no, 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 listen, listen,
2: He's not a New York
0: rapper. He's not a New York rapper. Okay. Now, nah, yeah. hey, let, let's go ahead and chop it up about Big. So we got something in common. Number two rap. I'm going to tell you why Big is my number two rapper of all time. Big, the way Biggie Smalls rides the beat, Paul, yeah. Is, 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 like, better than I've ever heard anybody yeah. ride a beat in my entire life, right? Yeah. So yeah. the way, like, the way he stops Paul, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, he taught, he taught rappers how to let the, let the beat do some of the work sometimes. Everybody yeah. trying to rap over every part of the beat. Sometimes you got to rap pause. Let the beat go a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what say? like he, the way he rolled a beat, I mean, he really taught, like, I mean, he, you know, in, in a roundabout-ass way. Right, he really birthed all of this, you know, the auto tune and singing and all this other stuff, right? Because he taught people how to ride the beat. Well, rappers before that they weren't riding beats like that, but Big really, he really brought that into the rap game, like like the way that he flowed, like, right? His melody, it it was, I mean, it was it was something special, and it, it, it was had never been seen before in the rap game. But it was, t- tell me why you love Big? So for me, Big.
2: Um, everything you said uh, Again Me and you man We were just Wavelength you and I got When it comes to Just our thoughts on, on, on sports and music But the way Biggie Wrote a beat His 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 delivery Was Unlike anything That I've ever heard And I still can't hear Like you said His his ability To ride the beat With his own words With his voice um, Is Is remarkable And then on top of that It's just You know uh, His wordplay His ability to rhyme his exactly, rhyming scheme, his rhyming scheme was just, you know, and like I said, like he'll do it. His rhyming scheme combined with the way he delivers it, and like you said, riding the beat. Like who else can do like B I G P O P O P P O No info for, info for the D E A. Like come on, Kendrick like, hey, bad is a flagrant it sounds so simple, right? But like, yeah. who would, in a million years, you wouldn't be able to deliver like that. We even think never, about it like never. I would never right? think to deliver how he did it. Did it. Yep. Yeah. And so for me, Biggie, like, for him to be, I mean, honestly, bro, Biggie was 24 when he got killed. He dropped two studio albums and they, those, the, the, the weight those two studio albums hold, you know, surpasses, you know, any rap, most rappers' entire discography and it really does. Like, like I said, it's, it's considered a cliche pick. Oh, Biggie, Biggie, you know, Biggie, yeah, of course, Biggie. But honestly, like, if you really kind of break it down and look at his career, look at the, the shortness of his career and what he was able to kind of establish and, and create. The, the influence, and that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, the you did, like, there said, there oh, would be no right. Jay-Z if there was no big. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, the, the people that he put on the map, you know, especially in Brooklyn, the Fabs, the, the Jay-Zs.
0: Um, and she just, even you know, this one, I man. He and, put and all like, I said, that, like that, a that, a Cameron yeah. Mace, yeah. like exactly. the lock, like you know what yeah. I'm saying, yeah. like the a the tree yeah. of <laughs> a right. tree of dope right. rappers that came from Big right.
2: And, right. and the whole bad boy
0: movement. <laughs>
2: exactly, and and so and, and it's also the same time that Biggie came out. You know, like I said, that early '90s, you know, resurrect, resurrection resurrection of hip hop in New York. And but the fun thing about like Big is, is that while he he had he 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 had a lot of quarrels uh, with a lot of local rappers, a lot of New York rappers. Him and like Nas, you know, admitted that him and Big, you know, he said you know Nas that kicking kick the door, waving the four four. He was like that's about that's about me. Um, Big and Woo kind of clash heads. Um, so while everybody was on to come up in New York. Big was the first commercial rapper that kind of kind of put New York officially on the map cuz you had the Wu-Tang but they were still more, you know, kind of a little a little too gutter for mainstream um, you know, pop radio. But a Big kind of took took that 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 revolution of hip hop in New York and kind of took it mainstream and and brought on all his people with him, Lil Kim, Lil' C, Junior Mafia, you know what I mean? I mean, it, the list goes on and he just um, like I said, the time. Ur Ir- urban Ir- 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 legend and say, uh, you know, yeah.
0: Bees, yeah, Whip, and he did diddy stole big rounds, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no way no way out it was a whole big album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Man, that's, that's some urban legend. We don't want to get to some of the conspiracy theories on that. But <laughs> I, was, I was I was I was you, you talking about after his death? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the fact that you know people say that you know that that, that Biggie really took Biggs right, but
2: I've and, I've, I've, and, al- I've, had, I've always I used to have strong opinions about that, and it kind of it always it, a lot of it was out of anger because you were really if you if you if you listen to hip hop when Biggie was when Biggie got killed you were pissed off you were fucking pissed off because that whole East Coast West Coast shit was so real it was so intense like when yeah, Hit em I, Up came out yeah. when Hit Him Up by Tupac came out I was scared. I was like, this dude is scaring me right now. Like he he is mad. Um Yeah. And then the, the you know, and, and and that being perpetuated by the whole shooting in, in Manhattan. Like this stuff was real. You were like, damn and then when Biggie went out to to the to the to the source, of, was it the
0: source of words where he got killed? Yeah, uh no, no, he got no, yeah. It was like uh, he was in LA at uh, post Grammys, yeah. Post Grammys, yeah, yeah, he said yeah, Biggie got, he got, he got, got killed. killed in LA.
2: He kinda of mocked LA on the podium. He was like, What's up, Cap? Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm here, what's up? Yeah, we were all going,
0: going, and when, and when he
2: did when you when he did that, everyone kinda of held their breath like, Oh, come on,
0: big this shit is yeah. serious man. Yeah. yeah. Especially you know, when you, you know, when you when you look at me, I've watched, you know, hundreds of hours of black <laughs> T V interviews and you yeah, know, trying to, figure, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> trying to figure figure out what it is, you know. What I mean, I think that uh, when you look at it, that you know, P. Diddy is probably very culpable in a lot yeah. of that negative energy that was being put out there right. from on from, um, Diddy's behalf. But uh you know, that, that that's know, 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 a whole other podcast just <laughs> right. on, you know, those conspiracy theories. But let us finish our song here with your number one rapper of all. Wait, your what's time. your number two? What's your number two? Like I said my number two is big. We, we both big. Oh yeah, well, two. oh Yeah, sorry, that's right,
2: that's right, that's right. My number
0: <laughs> one, like I
2: said. My number one cliche pick, it's my 1A, 1B, whichever you want to call it. It's Tupac. Tupac oh, is my number one number yeah.
0: one. Yeah. I oh, told you. Man, I told you it was That was a – you know, I ain't going to lie. That was a total curveball. I did not expect that coming. Really? So I Pop- told you
2: it was going to be a cliche pick. I
0: yeah, yeah Pac will be Pop would be in my top ten. But I don't think he reached top seven. Like, Pac, I, I will say this. Pac is one of those – he's a uh, – Quantity over quality, rapper for me. But okay. what I will say, what I will say is this: when it comes to that real street poetry rap, Pac yep. is the godfather of that. So yep. when you talk about, you know, the the, the these these other guys who, uh, uh Lil' Boosie or Kodak Black or you know, these are guys who kind of spawn from that same that same kind of tree where, you know, they're talking street poetry stuff. You know, and obviously Pac was the best at it, and Pac was so vicious that, I mean, his discography, I mean, you remember, he got about eight studio albums, nine studio albums, something like that, he was only 25 years old. I mean, and he was locked up for, like, two of those years, too. So, like, when you think about, like, you know, when you talk about his work ethic, and you know what he was able to do with the music game and the impact that he had. You I know, mean, I had no problem with you saying that who's your number one rapper. Right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. So, so, and and you mentioned something interesting. You know, the whole quantity versus quality. And I'm a quality guy. Like I said, Big only had two ou- two albums. Uh, Nas only had two or three really good albums, um, and 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 so on. And even even Z, You know, like you know, he, he's had a couple duds, but he's got three or four. Some people might say five quality albums, but with Pac, um, again, it's all about, it's all about what you're great at. And, and, and Pac, Pac, rap rapped with a passion. He rapped from the stomach, right? Whereas big, big did a delivery, you know, from, you know, you know, through his wordplay, um, and, and, and addiction and delivery. Pac kind of rapped with a passion from the stomach and he did it well. Um, and it was it was music. It was songs that really got in your head. Um, that you kind of it was kind of it kind of like, it was kind of like a guide not not a guidebook but kind of like you know like like something that you kind of just live off of because um, uh, you rapped about everything. You rapped about you know women in the hood. He rapped about um, you know partying, dancing. He um, rapped about political stuff.
0: Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and
2: and 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 on top of that, like. One of the things that, that in, in hip hop, you know, hip hop is a battle scene, you know, and when you when you start getting into beats, this is why some of my favorite rappers are the ones that get into beats, right? Like Eminem, like uh like like fifty cent, right? Like those, those kind of guys that kind of like test other other rappers, you know, put it in their face, call them out, start beats. And Pop was kinda of like that. He was very contentious. And he rapped very contentiously. And it kind of it, it kind of boosted you as you listen to it. And again, these are very very key times in my life where you kind of you were ninth grade. I was in ninth grade when when All Eyes On Me came out. And like, there's a double CD, and like you know we're, what? We're, we're, we're we're recording songs off the radio. We're rushing to up against the wall. Nobody beats the wind to go get these tapes. And, <laughs> listen, and, and like and 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 and, the, and and disc one of All Eyes On Me was all his radio hits, right? And yeah. then we didn't even listen. We didn't even we we didn't even listen to this two, until like a month later, and then you realize, holy shit, this two's even better than yeah. this one. All the all the hits that didn't make the radio were on this two, and it was just an all around classic. And that was right around like my early high school years, so it was kind of like that's what it was. And then you had the whole going back to the East Coast West Coast rivalry. You had you had your your you had your friends that were potheads, You had your friends that were big heads. I have family in California. We used to go back and forth all the time talking about it. And then you talk about you know other rappers. that got caught up in between Nas and Mob Deep and all these people. I'm a heavy, I'm a big New York guy. So even though I called Pac my number one, I sided with New York a lot against him when he
0: was when he was
2: doing <laughs> when he. Was, when he, was, when he, when he when he called out Mob Deep and hit him up, I was like, oh, it was oh, a Somebody y'all got
0: me? sickle cell. I said, oh, hey, oh, don't do that, Pot. Why oh, you do that?
2: I <laughs> leave my man alone. Cause, and the funny thing about that is that when Prodigy had sickle cell, when Prodigy died, I was really sad about it. But I was kind of, my reflection of it was remembering how much while we listened to Mob Deep back in the 90s, we knew Prodigy had sickle cell. We were like, "This guy's gonna die any minute, like any day now." Yeah, but then he like, ended up living, living yeah, fin- Yeah, finishing his career. So like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm 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 sad to see him go anyways, but I'm I'm so grateful that he lived through his career, you know, up until the point where they started making trash albums, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so so Pog had that, that 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 thug influence on, it. And like we when, when he when he talk about a thug, like the whole thug life thing. That, that's what Pac kind of portrayed to the fullest, and it, and it hit you hard. As a kid, it, it made you feel grown. Like, yo,
0: life, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. No. Like, man, Pop, like when you talk about that, all eyes on me, how it opens up first track, ambitions as a rider. I won't deny it. I'm yeah. a rider. Hey, that's yeah. yeah. Like you know, said, so, what no, I'm, hip. I'm yeah. into Pop. You know, so, he's in my top ten. You know, like I, I, I just—it's I, so many great rappers. The music is so subjective. But the same way that I explain my love for Kanye West, the way you just explained your love for Tupac, I'm rolling, rolling, deny Let me let me give you a drum roll. Uh, uh, my number one, number, boy, eight, number one, pick hey, my number one rapper of all time, man. is Jay Z, man. Jay Z, the best, yeah. man. Jay Z, oh, the yeah. goat, man. Uh, when, when when you talk about like the longevity in the game, the, the amount of classics right like, I now. Mean, I love, I mean, I love all Jay Z albums. Man, so, 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 Troy, I'm
2: gonna cut you off because I really want to know this. What was the first Jay Z album you heard? Was it Was it Reasonable
0: Doubt? No, the first Jay Z album I heard was Volume Two. So, okay. Hard Knock Right. So, I remember okay. that's when I first so like. I was probably like, probably like, yeah, like in the elementary school, like when I first started getting into like okay. music. So like okay. hard out, like when I heard the author Annie song, I was like, yeah, who's this guy? That's dope. And then like but then I started listening to the other tracks of the volume too. So when you talk about uh, you know jigger what, jigger who, you know what I'm saying? Money, cash, hoes, like you know what I'm saying? Different stuff. Like that's when I started getting into Jay Z. Then okay. I went back and listened to Reasonable Doubt, and then I was like, oh shit, this is the guy, like you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. as that as in the same time, like so I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm getting a put on. Uh, and with volume two. And then he comes out volume three, Big Pepper. I remember downloading Big Pepper. My sister uh, is older than me. She went away to college. She came back. She had the computer. She had the master. I remember downloading Big oh Pepper off the master. master on her computer. Right? me? Like, so. Like, so let's talk about, I had to let's do like, big, at the time. <laughs> let's,
2: let's talk about Big Pepper for a minute. Do you know? Do you know the drama behind Big? Gun? Yeah, that that Pimp C ain't
0: want to do the song because he don't to do with like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the song. Exactly. He ain't want to not do the song. And you know, so that the video was shot in Trinidad, yes. but uh, Pimp C's part is shot in Miami. That you smoke know. and I potent up, keep that lid up in my cup. All my cars out oh, in the world, in my hood, we call the book. Hey, that that was shot in Miami instead of a bridge in Miami while Jay Z and Bun B was in <coughs> Trinidad at Carnival going hand. You know, I don't remember Big picture. I remember that music video when Dame Dash was pulling the bell on the girl. Oh my I'm god! Like, you know, saying sixth grade me, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be when I grow up. Right there, like, like I, I, I want to be hilarious. on a boat. All there on boat in the Caribbean, pour all in the underwear. That's what sixth grade me yeah. was, was, was
2: thinking. <laughs> so, so I think this is this is this is amazing. This is a great conversation because it, we we admire the same rappers, Jay Z, um, but kind of listening to how you got into Jay Z versus how I got into Jay Z. It's it's, it's it's real cool to talk about because you you started off with like you said the hard knock Lies, money, cash, hoes, jigga what, jigga who. Um, uh, some heavy radio hits, right? And then, right, I, right, Reasonable Doubt. So Reasonable Doubt is a whole different dynamic. It's a whole, it's, it's, a, a, it's a totally it's a whole it's different, different album. Yeah, so, right. uh, That's so, a so, monster it's, movie. It's a Jay- rap Jay-
0: album. Jay Z's <laughs>
2: Jay- 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 first single was Dead Presidents, right? And Dead Presidents—that beat, the the, the sample, the flow. I mean, it's so gutter, so New York, so hood. And so Jay Z, for me, when he came out with that song, I was like, "Oh my god, this is just what a banger!" 1996 is my favorite year. The rap year, uh, yeah. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about 96 every rap year. 95, yeah. 96. I mean, you're talking about prime Jay, not prime Jay, but uh, up and coming Jay. You're talking about prime Nas, prime Wu, um, uh, whoop, Pac. You know, all these guys were just in their primes. Um, New York Rap was at a high, um, Dr. Dre, of course. And so so when Jay-Z came out, so, I mean, every track off, off of Reasonable Doubt, I mean, just about, you know, like um, Friend friend of Foe. No, um, no Reasonable
0: Doubt is reason uh, my favorite Jay-Z album by far. Okay, like, you okay, know, just, like we, Yeah, it. yeah, we understand. Okay, so, yeah, I love yeah, my, yeah. one of my favorite tracks is, uh, Twenty-two two, I love that. Like oh, this yeah. is the lyrical wordplay, the metaphors of using the word two. And using, first of all, everybody knows the word two. You got T L T T W O two, and you got T O O. They're all different. You know definitions of the word two, and he's using them all intertwined and telling a story. I mean, I mean Jay Z, Jay that guy. right, when it comes to lyrical wordplay, he said. But I would say that he, Jay Z, learned how to ride a beat from Biggie, which is which is something that he used for you know that prime decade of his career, you yeah. know, right, like, you know that from 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 Hard Rock Life up until I would say like American Gangster, right, like, he yeah. used that that ride in that beat way you know what I'm saying, like, with Jay-Z, like, he was bringing the lyrics, he was bringing the dopest features, the dopest producers, you know what I'm saying, the dopest artwork, the dopest tours, like, when it comes, you talk about everything when it comes to rap, all encompassing, I mean, Jay-Z was all of it, and a lot of the stuff that all the rappers are doing now, like, from a business sense, from a musical sense, from right. a production stance through. I mean jay right. Z kinda, you know, one of the pioneers of that. So that's that's why he's got number one rapper of all time. right? And he's got the music to back it up too. You know, I mean shit, sure, I even love uh, you know, older jay Z, four, four, four. Like, right? you know, even though right. he's rapping about a lot of stuff I can't relate to, you know, I never I never uh bought a Picasso But you know what? I can't relate to it. But you know, I like it. It gives you something to aspire to.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I mean, the whole that you know, a lot of these rappers. A good rapper won't rap to you expecting you to resonate to it. They're rapping to you to tell you something, to tell you a story. Like this is what it's like. Whether it's about you know, like you said, Picasso or whatever, or, or even like a lot of hood shit. Like you won't really resonate with it, but, like, it's like, wow, it paints, a, it, paints a, it paints a picture. Like, wow, this is how people live. This is what what they're going through, whatever. But uh, you brought up Jay-Z as your number one. So one of my favorite conversations to have, and we can have it quickly, is TakeOver versus
0: Ether. Oh, I mean, I'm, it's, it's Ether all day. And I know ether people really. Say, people, if I'm Ether all day, and people can say, is a better song. I'll give I'm you that. TakeOver's a better TakeOver's a better song. Yo, no, nah, we used to, you know, mustache, hair, a whiskey, like a rat compared <laughs> to Beijing. <laughs> rap? Nah, 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 come on, man. Nah, come on, like nah, 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 nah. so, so It's so it's so
2: many, when like... When you mentioned but, Hawaiian shirts and Jazzo earlier, I was like, I was waiting for a moment to kind of sneak in a little Ether lyric for you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, no.
0: Like, I love it. And J.D.'s my Hawaiian favorite rapper of all time. But, and TakeOver's actually a better, structurally, it's a better song than Ether. But Ethan has so many jobs, so many, like, dogs. No, it's no, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, it's not, it's, 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 to me, it's not even close. Yeah. And I remember as a little kid, again, I think I wasn't on that but I think I might have been on uh, either uh, LimeWire or Kazan. Kazan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the time I was down there. Like, hey, bro, first of everybody anybody who knows me from back in the day, no, I used to hustle to CDs in middle school, Burn the CD, selling it for $5. You know what yeah, I'm saying? getting a little money in my pocket, going and buying drugs. But that's a whole other podcast for another day, too. Yo, but, yo. yeah, yeah, download, I, don't, I remember downloading that either over the line or I can't remember which one it was. But when I got that, Ethan, man, I I, had, I think I read that thing like 100 times in a row. Man, so
2: Ethan ether, ether, ether is the type of song. You ever sit in a room, I mean, I experienced this, a room with literally, I think there was 14 dudes sitting in an apartment and somebody had the Nas out when the Ether came on. Let me tell you something, all 14 of us, like in, in absolute synchrony, were rapping the song word for word. Ether's that type of song where you kind of just listen to it with your boy and you're you kind of just rapping along because it's slow paced, it's articulate. I mean, he's, 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 he's shooting straight headshots at Jay-Z with that headshot? Head yeah, headshot after headshot <laughs> after headshot yeah. after headshot. He, he, he's, he's what I'm surprised about. And I guess, kind of like me being a pop fan, but kind of siding with New York, is you being a Jay fan siding with Nas to some degree, because the consensus agreement is that Takeover is the better song when you talk to most to most fans, and I lean both ways. I've started to lean more toward so at the time I was I, I was all about Ether because I was it was Nas versus Jay Z, I picked Nas ten times out of ten. I just did. Um, but takeover uh was more of like uh like we talk about Ether taking headshots and the serious, you know, like, you know, you know, just just just, just angry. Yeah. Versus takeover, which is just kind of like playful. You're so it, like, exactly. I mean, it's a song. And, uh, it's a song. It's a dope and, song. And and you're talking about mob deep. I got money
0: stacks bigger than you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. talking about... He's talking about, He's talking about hey, four, four, talking four hours of ten years, I could divide. And, uh, let's say one is good, one is true. Two is two. Just, two. two. <laughs> like, yeah. One was uh, the other was yeah. That's it. a hot one. That's one hot hour, never ten year so
2: average. No, see, so that joint was like, that was a song that you kind of like laughed to, and like, oh shit. So yeah, it's a
0: good song. Really,
2: they were polar opposites in terms of like the the kind of song that it was." And so I think again, each, each both songs in its own nature was really good. Uh, if, yeah. if you like, I said, if you, if you wanted to kind of just like you know, angrily rap and like you know talk shit, you know it's Nas. Nice. And if it's you're just trying to clown somebody for their height for being a called canine model, you know <laughs> like, exactly. Hey, you, know, like, you know you know it's crazy. So this leads
0: me this is completely this is going in completely different direction. I got a couple extra minutes, so I, this is exactly what I wanted. When you came on the podcast to get into a discussion like this, but you know yeah. my favorite diss song of all time is a combination yeah. of both of those. My favorite diss song of all time is Drake's "Back to That" because it's a great song. Number one, it was first. It was a number It was a hit song on the radio everywhere, and yeah. he got bars. We going at with that Nicki head on that song. Like it's, to me, like that's like it's one of the best diss songs of all time.
2: Uh, I, I I I agree. I, I agree. Drake, honestly, I don't want to get into a heavy Drake conversation, but Drake, Drake, Drake is lethal. I mean, he's got bars. He he can rap his ass off, and I wish I wish we saw more of the contentious, uh, yeah, uh, hard rapper Drake because I know he can do it. And even if it's Drake, you know what I mean? Like we know the whole thing—the whole Canada, DeGrassi, you know. The singing and all that, you know what I mean. Damn all that the ghost writing. I'm not gonna forgive the ghostwriting too much because uh, it's just sacrilegious to me. But you know, Dr- Drake, Drake can rap, and Drake, if he if he produces some more hard shit, I would listen to it. I, I wouldn't, I would not, you know, try to try to refuse it because I like Drake when he has a hard yeah. beat on, when he has a hard beat on, and he's just you know rapping some some real like you know like. So like hood shit, it's like all right, that shit you know that shit that shit is pretty good. But back to Mat- back to back was a, was a great track. It's a little bit too too soon for me to rank it that high. Um, like I said, hit him up really kind of it shakes you to the core. Like you feel like he's he's, he's talking to you. Um, Cannabis is uh, um, this on LL Cool J?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: second round knockout. You remember that? Yeah, but I remember that. I remember that sir. cannabis, so, man. Come on. So, can, so, cannabis, <laughs> so cannabis absolutely demolished uh, 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 LL on this. Now, and, but here's, uh, then you have a whole string of this songs that G would had. On game and vice versa, those
0: are fun. Oh, or, I mean, sure, we mean Fifty Cent, Hellman, uh, two thousand three. Fifty Cent, end of J-Roos ja career, right? Yes. Come on, man. Yeah. Yes. yes. Hey, we need a whole podcast just to talk about rap beats. Oh like, my. God. You know? <laughs> please, please, let's do it. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. That, that, that's gonna be on the next one, man. But I think, I think the, uh, for the people, hey, I, I, I gave a disclaimer. That you know, that you listen to the last thirty minutes of this podcast, you already knew what you were signing up for. <laughs> for. some people, some people, you might have came too fast forward through the wizard's talk and come straight to this. And I guarantee it was worth your while, man, man yeah, But I you know what, so. I'm doing, man. I, I this is I greatly appreciate you for coming on because this hey, is man. the exact conversation that I wanted to have with you. And, and now we, we we've actually just opened it up and shared our love of hip hop with the world. So uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> people can come through and and react and talk to us about it. I want people to have different opinions to the stuff that we said. Man, make sure Absolutely. you talk. Make sure you make sure you talk like and so in, in the mentions when you when you come talk to us about this stuff because we will clap <laughs> back at you, man. Let them know that. that.
2: Show <laughs> sure, man, it was, it was a blast an absolute blast being on here. Yeah, about, talking about the wizards, talking about rappers. What, what what more do you want, man? So I appreciate you having me on, man. We have got to do yeah, it right, again.
0: We got to do it way more often, man. But uh, we're close yeah. without man. Let the uh, let the people know where they can find you and go ahead and uh, and plug your work so that so that, so that the people know that uh, that you know you're still out there representing for Hoop District.
2: For sure, yeah. So Twitter is where I'm at almost every day, upon every hour. Um, if I'm not tweeting, I'm watching you tweet. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me at uh, my handle uh, abdu. The number is one one ah. Um, Instagram heavy on Instagram, so I believe my Instagram uh, link is in my Twitter bio. Please follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'll make it worth the while. I got a cute kid, a pretty wife, uh, and, a... <laughs>
0: and
2: so uh, you can see you can see all of it there. Um, and uh, Hoop District DC uh, is the handle for uh, Hoop District. Uh, heavy content coming out. Uh, the some I'm sorry. Coming up for training camp. Uh, Media Day will be out there. I'll be out there. My man Neil will be out there. I'm sure Troy, you'll be out there with your your team. Um, Yeah, I don't have no team
0: right now. I'm flying flying solo right now. But, you know, I'll be there, though.
2: (laughs) Yo, for sure, man. Yeah, so follow me, Hoop District. Abdullah will be here all season, man.
0: All right, man. That's that's what's up, man. I, I appreciate you again for coming on, man. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna have to make you a, a regular guest on the pod, man. Whenever we can pull you away from the family.
2: <laughs> for sure, man. Exactly. All right.
0: Man. Yep. Yep.
2: Good luck.